0: I'm Dylan Curtis.
1: And I'm Lucas Kinzer.
0: And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Guess who we finally have? We've talked about it for a couple weeks. It's our favorite ADD pastor.
1: What's up?
0: Pastor Lucas. (laughs) This is a dangerous thing for me to ever bring Lucas onto the podcast, but it's usually a fun time.
1: I think the last time I said the first curse word on the uh, podcast. So you did, we'll, we'll actually. We'll try to keep this yeah. uh, suitable for children this time.
0: Lucas has a way of accidentally saying curse words <laughs> <laughs> or uh, saying funny things. Like uh, he meant to say guts one time in a sermon and accidentally said he doesn't have the nuts. Yeah,
1: that was that was a good one. You that can, was pretty you funny. You can find that on YouTube.
0: Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, that well, was funny.
1: Somehow I'm still employed by, yeah, the, well, by the grace of God.
0: Yeah, that it could only be by the grace of God. Amen. But uh, Lucas has been in seminary for a couple couple years now, a year and a half, year? How long have you been in seminary? Uh,
1: I think a year and a half. It feels a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, a year yeah. and a half.
0: And he's been studying a lot of Luther, which I haven't done at my seminary, really. We know about Luther, but he studied Luther more in depth. So we brought him on as the proto-expert uh, in Luther, and we're going to talk about some Reformation, some Luther, you know. Have a good time with that. Yeah, it's an interesting topic.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to keep you awake.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well, Lucas will keep you awake. He'll probably just randomly yell at some point because he's got a way of doing that.
1: Probably, I already yeah. see a squirrel outside, so this is yeah, be fun.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun for me trying to keep him on track.
1: God bless Dylan.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I do what I can by the grace of God, <laughs> as you said. I also need the grace of God, but I think this will be
1: informative and fun. So, you know, how are you, Lucas? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, my uh, daughter's had croup the last uh, few days, Ooh. so lack of sleep has been fun. So lots croup, of ca- there it is. Lots of caffeine. Yep, there croup. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. So yeah, you know, and and steroids make kids a little tyrant. So you know, it's it's been a fun. Few days. Halloween was um, <laughs> not fun. It was all laying in bed and watching Frozen 1 and 2 over and over again. For so. like the thousandth
0: time? Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Hashtag parenthood. Hashtag parenthood.
0: I'm hoping by the time uh, Hannah and I have kids, that Frozen's a little more buried.
1: It, it's never going to go away. I know. <laughs> Just let it go, people. Let it I go. was thinking the same thing three <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Well, here we
0: are. Here so we are. Glad Luke, to be here. Lucas is pushing through with his uh, caffeinated drink. <sighs> so yeah, you know what? Let's not let's not drag this out any further. Let's get to it. As Lucas takes off his sweater because he's already nice and warm. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here, and uh, you know what? It is. So again, we're going to talk about the Reformation. What started the Reformation, and then uh, our main boy Luther, who kind of had a part in that. You know, just a little tiny, just part.
1: a minor part, just a small. It was. Little it part. was actually starting before Luther, but he gets the most credit for for all of that.
0: Yeah, so. we could talk. You know, we could have talked about like. Jan Huss and John Wycliffe and some of the proto-reformers,
1: basically, yeah, who kind some of started. ones who got burned at the stake, you know. Yeah, called
0: heretics, and, and Luther's like, you know what? I think they had some good ideas, guys. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And the Catholics were like, no, we don't want to do that. So here we are. And speaking of the Catholics, you know what? It's, it's important to know how ridiculously... Uh, out of uh, out of sorts the Catholic Church was um, kind of during, leading up to, and then during the Reformation. It wasn't pretty, uh, let me tell you that much. And I, and I preached, uh, you know, on Reformation Sunday, last Sunday, and talked about, let's be a little fair here, this wasn't always the Catholic Church, um, but I would say this period is definitely the uh, black eye in the Catholic Church, for sure, because there was some real messed up stuff happening. Uh, they were not in a good state, Uh, And this is kind of the late medieval period in Europe, if you're a history person and want a good idea of what's going on. So some of the problems, especially with clergy, uh, the clergy were pretty much ignorant. Um, They didn't know their Latin, yet they're sitting here teaching out of the Latin uh, every week. Uh, So that's kind of an issue. Could you imagine, like, <laughs> if we don't know any scripture as pastors, we're like, all right, I'm just going to read these words, uh, don't really know how to explain it, but here we are.
1: It, it would actually make our job a lot easier, because be we easier. could just preach whatever we wanted, and nobody would really know if we were right or not.
0: Yeah, and that was pretty much what was going on, because the common person, uh, most of them did not know Latin, so... They're basically speaking gibberish to these people, and they're like, great, yes, good sermon, pastor. I don't understand what you're saying, but great sermon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, does that happen
1: now? Do you think sometimes we preach and people are like, I don't know what that means? Pro- probably. Yeah. Like, when we share Greek sometimes, you know, and maybe we don't properly explain it, or who Who knows? Who, who knows? knows?
0: You know, we don't do Hebrew. That would probably be even more Hebrew. Confusing oh for my people. gosh,
1: I don't have that. You know, like those sounds to make the Hebrew <laughs> voice. That's just tough, man. Uh, that's called guttural. Um, for <laughs> anybody who wants to know what that is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, are you choking on something yeah. over
0: there? No, I'm just speaking Hebrew. Oh, Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Lucas is feverishly searching for something to maybe do with this. I'm oh, guessing. there was a
1: there was a funny quote I was trying to find about how L- kind of Luther summed up this Catholic church thing and people not understanding the language but and i don't know if anybody knows this uh but uh
0: scripture was not written in latin just just a uh, fyi it was definitely written in hebrew and greek <laughs> yeah. but the catholic church is like ah, eh, you know what latin let's stick with latin the dead language
1: the dead language yep that's true
0: well we'll see if lucas finds it I'm getting, uh, I'm getting closer. He's getting closer. While he looks for that, uh, another big issue uh, in the Catholic Church was they were super short-staffed. Uh, most priests were responsible for up to three to four parishes. Uh, so if you go to Faith Community, you know there's four of us who are pastors that take care of stuff, as, lo- as well as several church staff members who are awesome. Uh, so imagine the reverse of that, and one of us has to take care of three to four churches. Oh, it's a little difficult. That is difficult. So, you know, while they were ignorant, I can also see maybe they didn't have literally any time uh, having to take care of three or four churches. And these and some of these areas are pretty densely pop- populated urban areas. So they could be really big churches you have to take care of. Hmm. Uh, and you're like on call for everything. Right. I mean, it doesn't that that would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can talk about that. But did you find it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you would have to see the picture, but I'll explain it. It's uh if you ever saw the show King of the Hill, it's uh what what's the boy's name? I, I can't remember from that Bobby. Show. Bobby, and he's like looking out a window and, you know, it's got Martin Luther above him pointing out the window and he's holding a sign that says the church sucks and here's 95 reasons why. <laughs> and on the bottom <laughs> it's Pope Leo and then, then it says, literally 99% of Europe, if those kids could read, they'd be very upset. Oh, man. <laughs> and he's, like, speaking to these kids. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was
0: a big part of what Luther did, right? He helped uh, translate the Bible into the common person's language. Yes, he did. Which is important. Um, yeah, so that was uh, some of the issues. And then corruption. There was a lot of corruption during this time. There was something called simony, uh, which basically was the buying and selling of church offices. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is the church was actually one of the best ways for people to move up, move on up like the Jeffersons. Um, so there was a lot of buying and selling of church offices, very political affair. Um, but yeah, it was basically a way for them to gain more power. Um, which is not good. You know, like imagine going to a church today and being like, all right, I'm buying your church. I'm, I'm the pastor now. I'm buying you out. Um, yeah, that's not good. Uh, there was also a lot of immorality amongst the priests, uh, especially sexual immorality. Um, there were priests who had concubines.
1: Uh, can you imagine? They had concubines. Concubines. Can you explain what a concubine is for the average listener that uh, might it's not know? basically
0: <laughs> a sex slave, more or less. Someone you yes. pay to con- control and basically have sex with.
1: Like a prostitute?
0: Kind of, except yeah. they're you own them, basically. Yeah,
1: not good. Yeah, that is not good. That's a pretty nope.
0: basic, like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Not just as priests, but as <laughs> just as normal people. Yeah, uh, that's, that's bad. So yeah, there was uh that was a pretty big issue, um, and then the of course the medieval sacramental system because Catholics love their sacraments. Um, Still do, yeah. So basically the sacraments, the idea was they were meant to cover every stage of a Christian's life um, from cradle to grave, if you will. Um, So it was a means of special grace for salvation, uh, only available from the visible church, that is the Catholic Church. Um, And so essentially salvation was coming through priests, more or less, um, not from by grace through faith. It was making sure you did all of these sacraments. That was the way you had salvation. Not not from any sort of faith, which is, you know,
1: that's not good. <laughs> good old works righteousness stuff uh-huh. to its core right there.
0: So they practice, of course, baptism, uh, specifically infant baptism, the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper or communion. Uh, you pick your term. Although they are different, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, same act, but different Ideas behind each of those terms. Um, There was confession, of course, which Luther really tried to confess literally everything. Yep. He, uh, yeah, he was tortured by that. Confirmation, of course, which, you know, most of you in a mainline church, there's still confirmation for middle school students. Uh, Matrimony, or getting married, that was a sacrament.
1: Holy matrimony.
0: Yes, the holy orders and extreme unction. Uh, so those were the sacraments, and they had to be followed. You had to do them. If you didn't do them, you were pretty much SOL, um, which isn't good.
1: <laughs> I think that means you go on to hell. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: pretty much. So uh, some of the characteristics of these sacraments during the time, Mass and Holy Communion, or Hol- the Holy Eucharist, uh, only an authorized priest could offer. Um, it was the work of Christ only available through Mass, uh so and essentially like the priest quote unquote for a long time the priest had to be like holy or like in a certain state. And if you gave communion and you were a sinner, like that was an issue and basically was null and void for the person who received communion. So basically, what Christ did didn't matter.
1: (laughs) No. And and (laughs) that's why there's still so many problems with priests today because instead of excommunicating them and Mm -hmm. people losing their salvations, they just move them to somewhere else. They bury them, they hide them somewhere else. Still happening today.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. And also, I'm just going to say this I mean, I think, I do think someone administering the sacraments. It is best, it doesn't have to be this way, but it is best if they're a baptized Christian. That's a personal view I hold, but sure. at the same time, a it's Baptist or baptized? A baptized Christian. <laughs> Not a Baptist. I don't agree with the Baptist son the view of sacraments or the view of holy communion. Um but at the same time, it's I do agree with the Lutherans in that it's the words that Christ spoke in us re- re- reciting those words that actually give communion any meaning. Sure. It's not how perfect or imperfect you are because we're all sinners, right? So yes, we are. Try and find a perfect person to give you communion. Good luck. Uh, there was also the cults, cults of the oh my gosh, cult of saints. Uh, so as you know, the Catholics still today, they love their saints. Yes, they Um, do. So they believe that the saints went before us, um, and they're actually interceding uh, with God on our behalf, which, uh, you know, that's a role reserved for Christ. uh, That's very specific in Scripture, that Christ is now at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. Uh, So to think that, like, these saints that went before us are somehow doing that, uh, that is not, that's contradictory, and I don't think that's true at all. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. There was the uh, efficacy of relics, so they loved talismans and other trinkets like that. That was a thing for them. Uh, There was, of course, purgatory and penance. Our favorite. Everyone loves purgatory. Uh, So only the greatest saints went straight to heaven. Uh, And if you were excommunicated, straight to hell.
1: Man, that sucks.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, wait, isn't the only unforgivable sin the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit?
1: Which is the definition of the Holy Catholic Church at that time. That's all they were doing.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so now if you just got on the wrong side of the Catholic Church, straight to hell, cool, I'm glad you have that power.
1: Humans have the power, had the power, to determine the state of your soul.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: Crazy. That is crazy. Kind of wish I had that power some days, you know. I'm, if I'm being an honest sinner right here, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm really <laughs> glad you don't have that power. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, I'm
0: glad none of us have that power. So everyone else, of course, went to purgatory, and you just you were basically being purified. And you ended up at a certain layer of purgatory, depending on how sinful you were, blah, 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 blah.
1: It's kind of like being a Cleveland Browns fan, just years of purgatory. I don't think we have any room to talk at the moment oh, as Chiefs okay, okay. fans. <laughs> or Broncos. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Since Peyton Manning, they've been in purgatory.
0: Yeah, and connecting that with the 95 Theses, they were selling indulgences to get your deceased relatives out of that purgatory quicker. And that was obviously unbiblical and a huge issue for Luther. Um, so that's a big part of what led to him saying, no, 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 no. I got 95 theses and it's about indulgences. Yep. I got a problem. Uh, and then of course, the, not of course, who, who, who among us knows all of this, right? Uh, there was the treasury of merits. So that was the indulgences essentially. So that's fun. So yeah, pretty much everything in the church, uh, a lot of it was turned into commodities for money. That was a big part of the Catholic Church at the time. They loved their money, money, money.
1: Yes, they did. Money!
0: They were Jerry Maguire's. Mo' money, more problems. The Holy Catholic Church of Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. And the church really pride, I think, on a lot of people's fears.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> which
0: still is, a, I think, a struggle today, which I'm always like, okay, what does Paul say in Romans? Like, basically, God did not give you a, like, a fear, a spirit of fear. Like, yeah. he's released you from that. Yeah, here we are in the still church in world fear. trying yep. to prey on people's fears. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the say of the Catholic Church. Not good, to say the least. Horrible. Some bad stuff going on. And Protestants, before we get all like uppity about this, like we've got our problems too. So let's just let's <laughs> yeah. let's be gracious
1: here. Yes we do.
0: And thankfully the Catholic Church, though they have I think they still struggle with some of these, they're not nearly as bad as they were then.
1: No, no, I think that uh, there's yeah.
0: Thankfully they've changed. Um and they've actually come a lot closer to Protestants. Um uh, you know since they had a cool down period after the reformation they doubled down <laughs> at the council of trent yeah uh, their counter reformation is what that's called in history but they've they've chilled out a lot and there's a lot more uh, protestant catholic cooperation which is good
1: there's also a lot of recovering catholics mm. yes
0: and there's some who are converting to ca- catholicism yeah from uh, specifically a lot of um liberal protestant denominations i think people are converting to Catholicism. So, but what about Luther? Because you know that guy's kind of important in this, right?
1: Ooh, man! I think he is. Uh, yep, yeah, he's definitely definitely yeah, important. Yeah. That's for sure.
0: He did a few things. He did do a few things. Said he a did. few things. He did. called the pope the Antichrist. Yeah, you know, little uh, stuff.
1: He also had a potty mouth, so we, we won't get into that today. But he was a little angry at times. Absolutely, I, I think he was <laughs> an eight on the enneagram. So yeah, definitely yeah. an eight.
0: Yeah, go back and listen to the Enneagram episode if you don't know what we're talking about.
1: Yes, it's it's not some satanic cult thing. It's like personality stuff. So, although check it some out. people kind of make it a cult thing, they they kind of do. Yeah, even though it's really popular in the Christian circles, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who was Luther? Lucas?
1: Well, Luther was a uh, he was, a guy. He, um, was he, a guy. he was a guy. He lived born in uh, fourteen eighty three in. How do you pronounce this word again? Uh I can't pronounce German towns. That's just Is it
0: Eisen Azen,
1: Eisenberg? Eiselben. Is it Aiselben? Aiselben. Aiselben, Germany. To Margaret and Hans Luter. Luter. It wasn't actually Luther. The original pronunciation was Luter. I kinda I think that's better. Martin Luter, huh? Luter. That would be a tug tug. Sounds like
0: he's gonna rob somebody, like a looter.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, well, his dad, his parents were pretty tough. Uh, his dad was in the mining industry, owned a few uh, copper mines, but he wanted something better for his son, so he sent Martin Luther off to a boarding school, and then he went to the University of Erfurt, I think is how you say that. And Luther happened to be a, an excellent student, uh, a lot like me. Um, right. Just kidding. <laughs> Man, this guy actually earned both his bachelor's and master's degree in, like, the span of four years. Yeah, it puts us to shame. I mean, my gosh, I'm 34, and I'm just starting my MDiv. I mean, crazy. Uh, you know, and he was well on his way to becoming a, a law student. You know, his father really wanted him to become a mm-hmm. lawyer. And I think he would have been a pretty dang good lawyer. I think
0: so too. It's a very lucrative career during oh, that a- time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and about a month into his uh, studies to become a lawyer, he was on his way back from school to go back to his parents' house when he was caught in like a crazy violent thunderstorm. And he, and he cried out to St. Anne, I think, is who he cried out to, and, and said, If you spare me, I will become a monk. And, uh, yeah, he was um, almost struck by lightning. It, like, threw him to the ground and everything. And, again, like I said, he cried out. He was spared. And much to the displeasure of Luther's father, Luther entered the monastery two weeks later to begin a new life as an Augustinian monk. That's a quick change. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Going from, like, you're going to be a rich lawyer to being a broke monk. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, because they took a vow of poverty. I'm pretty sure the Augustinian monks they were the strictest order, and I think they took a vow of poverty. Yeah, absolutely. so you couldn't have anything except for your robes, basically.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, and and during this time, you know, Luther really was struggling to find acceptance from God, and and like many other people in Luther's day, he believed the Catholic Church teachings on how people to be saved, kind of like what you talked about, it's not by God's grace alone, but by God's grace enabling you to do the work necessary to earn your right. own salvation, right? And yeah, so, don't screw it up. Yeah, and, and Luther, you know, increasingly grew um, a lack of confidence in his ability to remain in the state of of grace, and he was terrified of, of God's wrath. And there's actually stories... Um, of Luther, where he literally would lie naked in his cell at night, all night long, in the bitter cold, and he would beat his body and torture himself, trying to find peace in his heart. Wow! And he was hoping that this would be enough to please God. And like you, I think said earlier, I mean, he he would confess sins, and then he would confess everything, and 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 I think, uh, what what was the
0: yeah, one of his mentors Quote. like said something oh, yeah. really funny.
1: Yeah, he said, "Brother Martin, why don't you go out and commit some real sins and come back when you have something to confess?" <laughs> oh man! I mean, just think about that. Like he took his his ability with academics and he applied that to being a diligent monk, um, hoping that he would find peace with God. I mean, yeah, and it just made him feel worse and worse the more and more he tried to find that peace. Yeah, I think he said, "Yeah, if I was a, if ever a monk could get to heaven by his, monkery, it was I." Is what Luther monkery. said. Monkery. Yeah, I think
0: the quote I read on Sunday was like, uh, "The more I tried to calm my uncertain, weak conscience, the more I became uncertain, weak." You know. Yeah. And
1: it's like, nope, the human traditions just made it worse and worse and worse. Absolutely, man. I can't imagine, kind of that feeling of feeling like you could never do enough to earn your salvation like yeah the lack of freedom in that's horrible yeah so and and in 1510 uh, the decision was made to send Luther to Rome and it was on this trip that was uh intended to kind of like restore his his spirits and allow him to kind of visit the sacred sites in Rome i mean sure. it's you know It's a pretty cool place over there, all the holy relics and big churches and and all of that. And, uh, you know, I think he thought this would kind of, again, rejuvenate him. Um, Was this his eat, pray, love moment? I I think (laughs) so. I think so. Um, And and I I think it was here, and I could be wrong. um, That's okay. Where he started to have doubts about the church's... Teaching, mm. uh, as he was, as he was, you know, seeing these indulgences. Yeah, and all seen how the stuff. sausage was made. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he just grew. Um, yeah, as he came, as he returned home, I, I think he became very kind of despondent, very kind of just yeah. dis- upset about it. So yeah, so then after that, he transferred to the university. Uh, I think he be- quit becoming a monkey. Transferred yeah. to uh, uh, to be a professor at the University in Wittenberg. And here is where he really began his study of Scripture and began to search uh, really diligently for for how man could be saved and be made right before God. And here's where I think he started to kind of see that the Catholic Church's teachings maybe weren't... Uh, what Scripture was teaching? And, yeah, he was
0: uh, reading a lot in the actual original languages. I yeah, mean, he started and that, reading the Greek and going, "Wait a minute!
1: Yeah, wait a minute! <laughs> yeah, especially Romans, as you talked about this this last weekend. I think it was Romans chapter one, where he was yeah. you know, verse seventeen, where he was reading that mm-hmm. and comparing it to Habakkuk. You know, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, learning about God's wrath. But you know, without God's wrath, there isn't God's mercy. And yeah. I think he was so scared about the wrath part, he was mm-hmm. forgetting. You know, he wasn't experiencing. Uh, God's mercy, and...
0: Yeah, I think he said when he heard the term the righteousness of God, he basically hated it, and it struck terror in his heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then he realized, oh, wait, the righteousness of God is Jesus Christ and His faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. It's not uh, me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as he was studying, yeah, the book of Psalms, Romans, Galatians, uh, Hebrews, um, yeah, definitely not the book of straw, James, you know. I, oh mean, I think he studied that, but that's Dylan's favorite <sighs> favorite book. But It's not my favorite book. I think it's Dylan's favorite book. He just won't admit it on it's a not. Lutheran podcast. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. This, hey, this
0: is not a Lutheran podcast. <laughs> this is an ecumenical <laughs> yeah. podcast. Okay, there you go. Good. Good. But no, James is not my favorite book of the New Testament. I do like James, though. Yeah. I th- you have to read it with some, you have to temper it a to bit. Through the lens of Paul. Yeah. Huh? The problem, yeah, the problem is, is if you just read it outright, like a, like a wisdom literature and don't have the theological background of like a Romans, yeah, you'll fall into a law in a certain way too. But yeah. I think if you get those things in order, then especially the faith, faith and works section yeah. makes more sense.
1: Absolutely. Well, and yeah, kind of going back to that indulgence part, you know, I think the thing that, and going over to... To Rome and, and all of that, and just seeing how these indulgences were paying for, like, the you know, huge building pro- projects, you oh, know, yeah. the St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, indulgences were paying for all of those, yep, things. yep, I mean, yep. yeah, that's I why know. they started them, yeah, pretty so. much. Yeah, it was a uh, Johann Tetzel who uh, really, really, uh, he was the famous, you know, collector of indulgences, and, and he really upset Luther, and And Johann had this famous line, it was, uh, as soon as the coin in the coffin rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Oh, huh? wow. Crazy. Yeah. And that, that was enough to cause many peasants to turn over their... Hard-earned money, yeah. As you can imagine. Well, yeah, you want to get them, get them out of purgatory. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then on, uh, you know, the biggest thing that sparked all of this, obviously, was the 95 theses. You know, o- October 31st, 1517, where he nailed it to the castle church in Wittenberg. And you know, it, it the act wasn't originally an unusual defiant. Act. I mean, professors and people would get together to have discussions. It wasn't meant to be like this huge blow up, but sure. uh, You know, and Luther, I don't think some would debate this, but I don't think he originally intended for this to become the, you know, for the Reformation to become what it did. Yeah. You know, the printing press really kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Yeah, because people sent the 95 Theses out.
0: Yeah, Pastor Bruce told me actually that the 95 Theses was written in Latin, so the main target of it would have been academics. Academics, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, papacy. It wasn't meant for the common person. No. But someone got a hold of it, and it got translated, and they went to a bunch of the common people. So there you go. Absolutely. So what was the driving force behind Luther's work in ministry? Yeah, I. Uh, I think we t- touched a little bit on the theological parts of it and kind of what led him to start with the Ninety Five Theses.
1: We have, and, and you know, the first class I took in seminary, you know, this I I don't want to take up too much time here, but this kind of a funny funny joke, you know, when I, I started seminary, you know, I told the professors I, I do not want to become a Lutheran pastor, you know, so what will my what will my MDiv. Uh, uh diploma say. Will it say Sioux Fall Seminary, which is more like a Baptist seminary, or will it say Luther House of Studies? And she was like, you can have it say whatever you want. And I'm like, Great. I don't want to be pigeonholed into a Lutheran box. But uh, you know, the professors joke because they thought I one, I wouldn't be a very good fit, uh, because of that. And about a month into it is when I really started, um, digging deeper into Luther's uh kind of that yeah, like you said, the driving force behind why he did what he did, and I just really, really connected with with a lot of it, and, you know, I, I think, you know, if you were to quickly sum up the driving force behind his work, it was his pastoral care of souls. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at, uh, and also for the gospel, you know, the true gospel proclamation, sure. not... You know, not the Catholic Church. You know the sacraments and all of those things. I mean, you know, he took the sacraments and took what? And there were seven sacraments, mm-hmm. and he trimmed it down to two. It's a yeah. little more manageable. Yeah, a little, little mean, bit, a little bit. <laughs> for a guy like me, ADD, I can, I can manage baptism in the Lord's supper. Everything else, I don't know. You know, and I think somebody who was, uh, who was highly educated and and. Um, you know uh what am i trying to say here I don't know. His, his heart for people you know whether sorry whether someone was highly educated or or not astute to academics the the rich poor well spoken and sure. latin or not young or old you know he felt like all deserved to be taught about the the true promises of god and i think this is evident as you read through many of luther's sermons and his writings and his Treatises, treaties, whatever you want to call that. I mean, sure. he's a, he is a great, great writer. And again, I, I think the first evidence you know you can find of that. Again, we kind of talked about this. You know, Luther's um, early on in his life, uh, you know, Hans really wanted him to become a lawyer. His dad, and you know, and obviously Luther became a monk. And uh, like a little different, little different, a little different. I mean. Earned his earned his bachelor's degree in one year. You know, again, I said he got his bachelor's and master's in, in four years. That's just crazy. And I think someone with such an as, aspiring, assuring career and the promise of wealth doesn't just decide to give all of that up for absolutely nothing. Um, you know, there there has to be a driving force much greater than that. Well, right? especially to please in a, oneself.
0: Especially you know? in a system where, like, it's it was much rarer to end up in the educated well-off class. I yeah. mean it it was very rare and you were very privileged if you ended up there. So to like throw that away I think is even more radical than even today if you're like no I'm going to do like nonprofit work, I'm going to work in the church or like areas where you know you won't make nearly as much money as you would in the business world say or being a lawyer. It was even more radical because yeah. you you are possibly dooming your the family and future generations to poverty,
1: yeah, and that was a well that's not good, nope, that is definitely definitely not good you know and and Luther you know explained his desire in a letter to his father early on, and he said, you know, I can do more for my family with prayers than I could as a well healed lawyer, and then his dad and finally conceded and and said that the salvation of one's soul is more important than being. A lawyer. Good job, Hans. Way Good to come job. around. Way to go. Way to go. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of reasons, but you know, I, I think again, his pastoral care for for souls. You know, he he began like we've talked about. You know, having having doubts. Um, yeah, I mean, as as he was mm-hmm. studying the original languages, and and Luther, you know, mentioned in a letter to his mentor. I can't pronounce this name. Staupitz. Yeah, I think it's Stelpitz. Yeah, and he talked about in this letter how he began to uh, compare the languages and, and, and found a lot of discrepancies in what he had been <gasps> taught. I mean, Shock. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he finally realized, you know, the answers to his questions about penance, righteousness, indulgences, mass, and absolute truth could only be found in the truth of Scripture. Um, which led to all kinds of yeah. things, you know, to his writing of the two kinds of righteousness. That's a, that's a great, great little piece of work right there, talking about the the two kinds of righteousness. One is the alien righteousness being done unto you by God, sure. and then the active righteousness, the proper righteousness, which mm-hmm. is us caring about the righteousness of our of our neighbors. And um, yeah, you know, in
0: modern the, times you'd probably call that justification and sanctification. Very true. Those Very are true. the modern terms for that. So the whole like one of the big arguments for Luther is is the imputed righteousness, alien righteousness, yeah. that there is nothing we can do period to gain our salvation. Only Christ does that and because of that we don't lose our salvation even if we sin and mess up. Because Christ has accomplished that, period. Uh, The Catholics did not quite believe that, uh, as we mentioned just earlier. It was kind of like Christ, and I use this analogy in the sermon, but Christ pretty much got you into the race for you to run the Christian life race. But it was up to you, and if you screwed up, you were done for. Uh, It didn't work that way anymore. Our finish was guaranteed by Christ. And so now we run it, and we're concerned with our neighbors, like you're saying. That's the other kind of righteousness.
1: Yeah, you do out of response to the yeah. righteousness, the gift of faith that you've been, mm-hmm. you've been given, and and I mean, I just sit here and I imagine like the freedom that Luther felt in that moment where he came to understand mm-hmm. justification by faith alone, you know, and he just so desperately wanted everybody to understand that. You yeah, that the small catechism was was written because he was going to different cities and places and and seeing how how people didn't know the truth of scripture and how even pastors and priests didn't know mm-hmm. scripture and he just so desperately wanted you know to create a tool for parents to to train their kids yeah. uh, in scripture but but also for the common man to understand the, the truth of the gospel yeah. you know and I think what a what a powerful thing you know to to translate the New Testament from Latin to German. I mean, that that was a huge, huge thing. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, and
0: it's it's just interesting to me because it, I think Luther's life mimics Paul's in a lot of ways, yeah. right? Because Paul's main critics would say when he started arguing, you know, by by faith through grace, they'd say, well, that's just going to create basically like lazy Christians who don't, actually do anything they don't live righteous lives because they don't have to because their salvation is guaranteed luther faced some of the same criticisms right that it's like it's what's called nomianism right so like you are you're just given all the benefits and there's no responsibility and i get that argument and bonhoeffer made that too right cheap grace like what do we do with the grace we've been given um, but i don 't think Luther actually ever was trying to argue for that because he was talking about how there was another righteousness where we lived out the Christian life
1: yeah when you 're secure of your own righteousness, yeah, you become so secure of that that now you start caring about your neighbor 's righteousness, yeah. and that 's where the you know love loving others you know loving your neighbor you know that becomes a driving force of that, not to yeah. earn love but out of yeah out of out of response to that. And and again, like I said, you know, his translating of the New Testament, you know, I've always marveled, you know, here he is after the, the diet of worms and he, you know, scary situation, kind of his life is on the line, people are looking for him and he's hiding out in the, the Wartburg Castle and instead of caring for himself and worrying about himself, he, he thought of others again by translating yeah. the, the New Testament and, you know, I, I mean, he would agonize over like one word. I mean, I, I read something yeah. like there would be sometimes where he would spend like three to five days agonizing over one word, because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that it, w- it was right, you know, yeah. and I, I just think that's that's powerful, and, and, and I think when you look at all the, the dangerous consequences that, that Luther experienced, I mean, yeah, he wasn't killed for this, but I mean, he was he was tormented. I mean, he, he expressed in... Tons of letters to his colleagues and friends, how he felt alone and how he felt tormented by laughing devil devils uh, oh, he had man. depression, pain, he had digestive issues because of just years and years of having to defend this theology and being in fear of his life to a certain extent and and on top of that, yeah, I, like i said he he faced the threat of death multiple times for not recanting this. Theology of justification yeah. by faith. I mean, he was excommunicated from the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, he straight to hell, straight to hell, man. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you know, and, and and I think he did love the Roman Catholic Church, right? Yeah, I like think he, he did too. I, I don't think he ever intent- wanted to be excommunicated from yeah. the church. He wasn't. Can you say can you oh say my it again? Apple Watch, man. man. My Apple Watch, I think Siri likes what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah, serious. Or she doesn't understand because she's asking <laughs> for me to, to say it again. Sorry, but, I'm uh, Catholic. Can you say that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, Luther, you know, what was it? Cardinal Cayetan, you know, where he, he stood up in front of him and here I stand, I can mm-hmm. do no other, right? Sure. You know, sure. And, and I just think, man, the gahonas that guy had, you yeah. know, to stand there. I mean, a lot of us would recant for a lot less. Than, sure. Than that, you know, and uh
0: Well yeah. and the power of the Catholic Church at that time. I mean they ruled they, civic and politics, religious life. And yeah. 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 So you're you're standing against the most powerful institution in the world who could just kill you if they wanted.
1: They could. Which I, I, I do believe that Luther did fight against the separation of church and, and state. I do yeah. believe because of because of that to an extent. But
0: yeah, I agree with you. I think Luther I think he probably lamented a lot over the Catholic Church. Um, again, paralleling a lot of Paul's life. If you read Romans nine through eleven, he's lamenting over the Jews, sure, and where they've ended up, and and the law, and all of those things. So I think again, there's a lot of parallels between their two lives, and yeah. Yeah, I think Luther, I, I, yeah, we've talked a lot about this, um, but some will say, well, was Luther a reformer, a renegade, a rebel?
1: Revolutionary.
0: Revolutionary. I thought, I still believe that he tried to start as a reformer. He ended up obviously being a renegade and revolutionary, but... He did. I think he loved the Catholic Church and was probably very sad about all of this. But then he was like, nah, my anger outweighs my sadness. The yeah. Pope is the Antichrist. Let's do pope this. The Pope
1: is the Antichrist. Yeah, he he called the Pope a lot of things that we can't say <laughs> in front of
0: children. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Luther's a pretty extraordinary individual, and his life is wild. I can't imagine. And he's done a lot more than probably any of us will ever do in our lives.
1: But Absolutely. Well, and... I think you you can sum up the driving force behind Luther's work and his preface to his Latin works, which was kind of you know later on in his life as he's trying to sum up you know his his books and and all of that you know he starts out he starts it out um by by saying that he wishes the sincere reader salvation, and I think that right yeah. there just really again, is a a strong example of of, uh, his pastoral care for souls being the driving force. It wasn't finances, it wasn't trying to be some crazy renegade or revolutionary. I think he truly cared about people experiencing the same freedom in Christ that he came to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate and admire people who will literally live and die by their conviction, and he was very convicted. Absolutely. Uh, Well, you know, because God. So that's pretty... Yeah, I respect that. I think there's a lot of people who we bend and, and give in to certain things, and Luther was not one of those people, so I admire that quality about him.
1: Yeah. Again, that Fuller quote, you know, that I was talking about, you know, here I stand, you know, at the Diet of Worms, he says, "...I will not and cannot recant my teachings, because I am captive to the Word of God." I cannot and will not recant, because it is neither safe nor wise to act against conscience. Here I stand, I can do no other. God help me. Amen. Yeah, good stuff. You know, hopefully us as Christians today in a world where there's so much divisiveness and so much um, false teachers, you know, hopefully we as Christians today can continue to stand on the truth of God's Word in in a world that's constantly telling us, uh, yeah, that it's... A lot of other things than being yeah. truth, right? Yeah, for sure. So, well, before we close, I have an
0: I'm wondering question that relates to both of us. What you
1: got? What you got?
0: I'm wondering
1: how sad are you as a Chiefs fan? Oh boy, I, th- I think I knew you were going to ask me this this question. You know, I think um, we've been spoiled the last. You know, a few years with Patrick Mahomes, you know. But we've also been cursed for, like, 50 years before they (laughs) won the Super Bowl. You know, pretty much my entire life, right? Yeah. Uh, Is my entire life. Was, because I'm only 34. But, (laughs) yeah, You're not 50. So, yeah, I I am disappointed, because I think we could be a whole lot better than we are. But, uh, hey, you know, we still went to... uh, Three AFC championships in a row, two Super Bowls in a row, and and one one. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's 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 great, you know. Yeah. And, and I still believe in in Patty Cakes Mahomes, you know. <laughs> I, I think uh, you know once he gets his feet under him again and and can, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Patrick Kermit Mahomes. Patrick Kermit, uh, his voice is great. Yeah. Imagine if that yeah. was my preaching voice.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. you you I don't know. You might preach at a real small church at that point.
1: Yeah. Goodness gracious. I can't, I can't even, I can't even mimic his voice. It, yeah. It's very difficult. It is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. But yeah, there, there's hope. There's hope. With Mahomes, there, there's always, always hope. Yeah. So I think we'll, I think we'll get it together.
0: And yeah, he needs to stop throwing those interceptions or Jeez, throwing yeah. balls that are bouncing off guys' hands.
1: Or their heads. Or their heads. Yeah, oh, man. That
0: reminds me of the Super Bowl, and he threw that, like, as he's falling down, and it went through everybody, and who did it smack right on the helmet?
1: Oh, it was Daryl Williams, Uh, I think. Which,
0: he's not a receiver, so he's used to, like. No, but that
1: would have been the greatest throw of all time. I mean, he was, like, horizontal to the ground. Yeah, I don't know how he threw that. I mean, that was insane. So, yeah, I mean, as long as we beat the Broncos twice this year, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be in heaven. So, yeah, we'll
0: see. The Broncos are kind of a dumpster fire too. So, my goodness, Von Miller
1: traded away. I know that's crazy. Total rebuild mode. I think. Yeah, which is kind of weird because they're also four and four. So it's like, yeah, just giving up on the season already. But yeah. I mean, if if I was a Broncos fan, I, I would I wouldn't give up. On the season two, I mean, everybody's all like, any hope "Woo, in. the Broncos are so good!" I'm like, "You beat the Giants, the Jaguars, and what? What, what was the other team uh, that they beat? Giants, Jags.
0: I mean, they just beat the Washington football team. Yeah, and not, not Jets.
1: Much of a football team. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, was I think it was the Jets. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, chill Which, out,
0: people. To be fair, we've only beaten losing teams. Yeah, this season but two. But still, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's well, nothing good, man. I got to tell you, what a miracle it is that um, Aaron Rodgers did not get vaccinated, and now he's oh out against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's uh, if we can't win this game, then all hope is certainly lost. Yeah, my hope is after the game, we hear Andy Reid going, "How about those Chiefs?" Yeah, that's my favorite thing ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Lucas is a fanatic. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's probably a sin that I need to confess. Oh, for An sure,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
1: Patrick Mahomes is your saint. He Saint Mahomes, Saint Patty. My friend's actually getting rich off of making those uh, prayer candles, you know, uh-huh. and he's putting like Patrick Mahomes on it, Travis oh Kelsey, gosh. Andy Reid. So I, I thought about getting some of those for the altar of our our church. I'm oh <laughs> just gosh. kidding. I'm totally just kidding. Don't excommunicate me yet. Oh, wow!
0: I feel like I need to go confess after this. You probably do. Yeah, sprinkled with some holy water, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I as a Chiefs fan am uh, a bit sad too. It's uh, not been a good season. W- what can you do? Yeah, it's also just football. But that's the funny thing about football, right? Football like, is life. When your team is losing, you're like, ah, it's just football. When your team's winning, you're like, we're the best in the world.
1: We're awesome. Yeah, I try not to let my mood be affected by the the wins or the losses, but I, I would be lying if I said it didn't affect my mood on Sunday afternoons when we get our behinds whooped, you know. yeah, uh, Brutal. It's all right. You know, at the end of the day, God still loves us all. <laughs> Chiefs fans, Broncos fans, Tom Brady fans. God still loves us. Oh, Tom Brady fans! Oh, Ugh. Brady! Ah, guy makes me gag. I'm tired
0: of him. Just retire already. Nope, he's not going to retire, man. He's going to play to fifty now.
1: Ugh. that's crazy. That is crazy. But anyways, that's it. Yeah, glad to be on again. Thanks for uh, yeah. you know trusting me to be on. <laughs> nah. You, you it's can, more of a faith act you you can <laughs> you can edit these things so there you go I'm just, not. Gonna, just I take out no. any of the baloney just no nope, you know, i leave it in there just dig yeah. it out it's on the permanent
0: record oh boy yeah permanent record but yeah that's it uh i might have pastor amy on next week i don't know i'm just figuring i'm flying by the seat of my pants with this podcast at this point thanks jacob by the way yeah yeah it's yeah. all jacob's fault yeah She's jacob so anyways, yeah. He's having n- fun at Life Church. Yeah, on Oklahoma. So anyways, for now, I'm Dylan. And I'm Lucas. Wow, every time. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast.